0: This is Game Theory, a podcast about competition, strategy, and decision-making, hosted by me, Nick Andrews, and my brother, Chris. In this episode, freemium games and in-game upgrades. Not to sound too old, but back in the good old days, when you bought a game, you bought a game. You had it. But now when you buy a game, you might spend even more money upgrading your abilities, access, and looks within the game. This demand has created a multi-billion dollar sub-industry for gamers and enthusiasts. For example, players in a shooter game or a brawl game like Fortnite pay big bucks for a unique look to their player. And the players or artists who design those looks can earn a fine living selling them. But those players improve their experience or their ability within the game itself. There's another more predatory way for games to make money. It's called freemium gaming. It's where a game that appears to be free or cheap charges money for the experience to be either ad-free or for more lives, the same way arcades do. Despite these games being designed to target addictive neurology, are they bad? Is it unethical? Is it really that dumb to buy skins or looks in a video game? As if golfers like myself will ever really wear their golf shorts or polos on the course. In this episode, we step into the world of gaming money. And welcome to episode 72 of Game Theory, a podcast about competition, strategy and decision making hosted by me and my brother, Chris. And Chris, I am in the housing market. And I got to be honest with you, I've never done so much Googling in my life. And to be frank, all of these websites know how undereducated I am because they're just like, hey, here's the question that you're going to ask. Here's the question that you're going to ask. Here's the question that you're going to ask. That's complicated shit. I can see how we could have a market crash.
1: It's like TurboTax in that way. Nobody really knows how any of this actually works, except right. for, like, you think you get somebody who's in the know. You bought you buy a good realtor. You think you're getting a good deal. You know the inspector. Okay, everything sounds legit. Like, the more jargony terms they use, the more legit it sounds. And so to uneducated bumpkins like you and soon to be me, <sighs> it sounds legit. Yeah. It seems reasonable, and it seems like a good way to proceed with trying to buy a market. I'm proud of you for doing putting in the effort to yeah. try to learn something new. I don't think it's going to stick, though. So the next time, you know, if if this is like your starter home or whatever, or like you move at some point, I do think you're going to have to do this entire process over again. And that's not because you're you. That's because it is impossible to understand and completely different in a different market if you move to like a totally new location.
0: That's a good idea for an episode, actually, now that I think about it. Let's go through professions that make shit complicated for the sake of being complicated to create job security. Um, yeah. Like lawyers and realtors, that's <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah. you got to yeah. know the
1: jar. It, it's it's not about. It reminds me of this. I, I took this liberal arts class in college once. I took a lot of liberal arts classes, but one of them was like about social psychology. And I thought, oh, yeah, this is awesome. I'll critically think and I'll learn and I'll get a better insight for how my brain works and how I understand others and how people relate to me and blah, blah, blah. I thought it would be really, really great. Bombed the first half of the class. And then I got super mad and just treated it like a big vocabulary lesson mm-hmm. and regurgitated the specialized terms and aced the second half of the class. That's so balanced out to a solid A- minus for the term. And I just... Man, I cannot emphasize enough how much of a charade the whole thing was, and I do agree. There's a lot of professions that are like that.
0: They just they just invent things that just need to be invented. It's all well, and, it,
1: and it should be. It's stuff that it's not like it. It's completely unnecessary. Like you need the law. Yeah, like in society, you need you need a law. Sure. Like George Costanza was right. We live in a society, and <laughs> you gotta have laws there. So. It makes sense that you have people who are specialists in that, but my god, it's complicated. Needlessly complicated.
0: Needlessly complicated. Okay, so we are in uh, where we're moving in Tennessee. We're looking for a house, and wifey has this bad habit of not locking doors. She did not lock the doors oh, to no. the car, and the car got sifted through. However, there were only menial items of value in there. Now, there was like a um, like jumper cables; those weren't stolen. A bunch of stuff wasn't stolen. Okay. So about two weeks ago, I bought these sick shades. And if, you can't, if you're not watching on YouTube.com, you we'll describe them to you. If you've never heard of pit vipers, these are green and orange pit vipers. I look like I'm sick at bowling. And I am. Um.
1: <laughs> sick at bowling as in, like, you do a pretty good job keeping it out of the gutter every third ball?
0: I mean, I can spin it. I can spin that bad boy.
1: You look like the type of guy who tries to pick up chicks with that line at the bowling alley bar.
0: So That's these what you look like, yes, I will. It's because I can spin it. (laughs) These glasses were in the hotel room. Fine. They are a little too dark, which is a problem for me, but they do. They cover my whole face. They're like those things, which is why I like them because I've got eye stuff and I don't want I like to drive with them so that there's like air conditioning shit. I don't want debris in my eye. I golf with them because I don't want shit in my eye. Can't have that's debris just, in your eyes. Right. However, they are too dark. So I also, for golf and for being outside and for being like genuinely good vision, I've been looking for slightly tinted sunglasses. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, you can only do so much.
1: <laughs> but a big spotlight. A hard hat.
0: That. A hard hat would be helpful. Um, <laughs> the So I saw these at uh, a, a race that I was at. I didn't race. Someone else raced. And and so like they always have like a, a convention. So I saw these glasses. They are orange and blue. The, the, the rims are blue. The whatever part goes over your ears are orange. And the, oh, the, yeah. the, I don't know what that is. And the lenses are very slightly tinted orange. They're kind of ridiculous looking, but they're really comfortable. They're super light. They're awesome. I love them like this. See that I look re- really stupid or really cocky on a golf course, which I am. You
1: look like the type of guy who would be an extra in, like, a near-future sci-fi film.
0: Yeah, 100%. Like
1: you'd, be, you'd be one of the guys, like, those look like the kind of glasses that you would wear to block out, like, blue light.
0: Yeah. Like, so, we,
1: like we had bus drivers. Remember when, uh, you ever, ever riding on a bus with Sandy? Shout absolutely, Sandy. Sandy. Yeah, I just, I Our just. Whole family. Uh, yeah. Almost ran into a moose one time. And I think it's because she was distracted by the blue light blocking <laughs> glasses she was wearing.
0: We had a bus, which is not really the purpose of the blue light blocking glasses. But everybody has them now. Everyone has fake glasses that just block out blue light, which is an yeah. amazing racket. I should have thought of that. Damn it. So I have these glasses on, and they're dumb. And they have these, like, this very slightly tinted orange. You can see everything in my eyes. Like, you, there's barely any tint. And i got to be honest with you. Look, seeing through these is amazing. I love it so much. It helps my vision. I like it a lot. Three pairs of sunglasses in the car. Two were taken. One was not. Ooh. These ones right here. So the thief was like, oh, <laughs> like, I'm man, good. I gotta leave this guy something. <laughs> I'm good on those, dog. I don't. I'm good. I'll take these lady ones, but I don't want those though. <laughs> I They're don't. so bright.
1: He probably thought this would be really useful because this guy's an easy target now. So if he wears them outside, it'll be like a homing. it will be like the bat signal sent up. I can see those bright." Shitty sunglasses
0: he literally looked out. at it, it like this guy is like, no, nah. I mean, I, I'm stealing shit from people, but I'm actually going to have to pass on those.
1: <laughs> this is in, this is in Knoxville. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, the so, car is unlocked. People go through stuff, man. Like,
1: well, the, the question is, so was it was this a rental? First of all? No, no. So it's your, so it's your automobile. So it's yeah. a nice automobile. Yep. Did you lock the doors? Do you do you make a habit of locking the doors? Or do oh, you I overlock rely things.
0: I overlock things. Ask ask the old man. I've locked keys in many things because I I err on the side of locking.
1: <laughs> oh no, I I am aware of that. I personally experienced that. Yeah. So the question is, why was wifey in charge of locking the doors this time when it seems to be your kind of your you're part of the game, your contribution to the effort on the field?
0: That was well, it seems like a you problem. That is like been... This is
1: like when the snap goes bad. And, yeah. like, the holder has to try to, like, salvage it. It's, yeah. it's still the kicker's fault, in a way. Because, like, what was he doing out there?
0: I, we've circled back on this. So, yeah. we're good. Mm-hmm. I don't... Good. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. Okay. What,
1: what, is, what does Dad always say? If it's to be, it's up to me.
0: <laughs> Which is a great line. Okay, so today we're talking about video games and premium gaming, but before we do that, we have a YouTube channel. You can watch it. The most recent episode is scheduled to drop... Actually, as you're listening to this, it'll probably be on the internet.com. so you can watch it. Uh, subscribe, and also, we're going to do polls. Chris, we're going to do a better job at doing polls, because sometimes people participate in polls. I've also taken down the thread... Um, I don't know, just out of laziness, and we'll put the thread back up. So if you hate us and you're really mad, uh, put your put your hatred on Spotify. Um, true, <laughs> which is a, which is a great great place for hatred. I am really toying around with this idea of a book club, and I think in order to do the book club, if you're interested, the first step you have is to read books. No, <laughs> well, it's like step nine. <laughs> we'll get to there later. The first step is to download an app called Fable, which is where I would do the book club. And everybody, right now. Download Fable, you can't use another app. You have 35 apps that you've never used on your phone. Everybody does. So stop it. I, you can have another one. It'll be fine. You can buy books in the app for Fable. I don't think we're going to do that. Just download Fable, and everybody downloads Fable. Then we will, we will see what we can do.
1: I'm downloading it actually right now. This is genuinely true. I'm, I'm actually downloading Fable the Book Club app right now from right. the app store. Uh, this is it, right? This green one.
0: Yep, the green one. But this looks like an open book
1: yeah like a loading symbol kind of but uh right. sort of rainbowy yep rainbow adjacent i would yeah. say because
0: it's like it's not like true rainbow but it's a i it's think there. it's it's like a uh, it's a book that's open with the pages all laid out was the symbol. yes i guess yeah makes yeah.
1: sense okay and we downloaded the app it was that easy it was that easy create an account all next
0: that, all that yeah well like one one step at a time here <laughs> let's not get let's not get ahead of ourselves okay chris So while I was searching for a home and being a productive member of society, you uh, were, I would imagine, wearing sweats or non-judgmental waistlines and playing the new Zelda game, which has completely stopped functioning society to the point where sports bros are buying nintendo systems there have been two games this year that i mean this is the first week of zelda so we don't even know yet how bad this is going to get the hogwarts game came out i feel like three four five months ago or so and that really stopped the world too people that didn't like games started playing games like swifties were, were doing hogwarts stuff it was a real pop culture crossover and now we've got the zelda game which is it feels like the hottest game released since like the cod 2 in, in 2012 when when people oh, yeah. skipped classes for months and got kicked out of college. This feels like the biggest video game release in a while.
1: I, I think this might be the biggest video game release, I, 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 certainly in the last six years or so, sure. which is when the previous Zelda game came out. So the, the game that came out is called Zelda Tears, of the, Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. It is a sequel to Breath of the Wild. And the, the, the thing about these games is they're two very, very large, they're called open world maps. Uh, really what that means is just it's a huge, huge playable environment. The character is very, very small in relation to all of it, and there's just so much stuff to do and so much stuff to explore. And it builds on a franchise that has had over 30 years of video games that were super popular with the original Legend of Zelda from the from the NES system. They went into the 3D games. They had some exceptional 3D games when the Nintendo 64 came out and blew everybody's mind. Yep. And so the people who were really into video games at that time are getting like a huge nostalgia hit from a game that is both respectful to the like lineage of this 30-year-old franchise, but also really, I think, pretty, I don't want to say revolutionary, but it's it's evolving in a significant way. It's a, there's a lot of creativity and exploration, and it, it puts a lot of agency in the player's hands. And the reason I'm so excited about it is because I really love the original Zelda games, and I really like the new kind of stimulating features of this game. But the point of this discussion is, you're right, it completely stopped me what I'm doing. First of all, it's it's not a non-judgmental waistline around here. It is a flex waist. <laughs> and I did wear that for basically the entire weekend. My, yeah. my entire weekend was shot. And my weeknights, I think, are going to be shot for a long time. It's just such a fun game. And it is expensive. It, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty penny, you know, over $70. Right, which is game. crazy. But the, probably the best thing about this game to me is for all that quality and for as much as you're paying it is not a game that requires me to keep buying additional stuff right. to be successful at the game in order to in order to be better at the game in order to improve like the player's abilities in order to improve like the character's abilities and assets and resources and all that kind of stuff it's just about playing the game yeah. which is how gaming should be i agree but it's not how unfortunately it is. in this in this in the wake of this awesome awesome like society stopping release I'm, and, and by the way, we're kind of exaggerating, but we're also kind of not. This was yeah. a front-page item on the New York Times. Or not front-page item. It was a headline item on, in the New York Times over the weekend. Yeah. In, in the wake of this incredible revolutionary game release, there is just a sea of what's called freemium garbage, where <laughs> you do freemium. have to continue shelling out dollars even yep. after you've purchased the original game, and it's a problem.
0: Yeah, so Zelda, for those of you that don't know, that don't know The Legend of Zelda, it's, uh, it's essentially a series of games, and, and the story moves here and there. Um, as technology improves, they can do different things, and they can create parts of the game, but the, uh, the essential idea of Zelda, especially after the N64, I guess I would call that Zelda 2.0, where there's a huge map that you can explore, essentially, it gives you two options. Grand Theft Auto was this way, which is a game we've all heard about. You can either follow the thing and do the stuff that you are kind of like the game wants you to do, or you can just do whatever you want. And yeah. as a result of that, it, it creates a virtual world for you to live in, which is what Mark Zuckerberg kind of theorized with the metaverse. You can just kind of exist through this player, So it's both an RPG game and like a first person adventure game It's both things at the same time, which makes it both addicting and fun. Like you don't have to go through the stress of trying to beat a level. You can just go fishing, which, you know, whatever you want to do, you can exist in this virtual, this virtual world. There are other games that have, have similar concepts to that, like this online existence and, uh, a really good example of one, like Fortnite and PUGB. I think it's called PUBG. I don't know. Pugba. Uh, I, I doubt so like, know.
1: Yeah, what is, what is PUBG? Something P-U-B-G-B? underground,
0: Battleground, I think. I don't know. Google it. All
1: right. PUBG Battleground.
0: Yeah, I, I played uh, it once. I don't know. I own it. It's I played P-U-B-G,
1: it once. PUBG Battleground. I, I don't know what that stands for. Yeah, is I don't know what it stands for. We're old.
0: World. Yeah, laugh at us. Let us know. I, I played it one time, it's, which is like a Battle Royale kind of game. Anyway, these oh, games, oh, yes. I, okay, it's yeah.
1: it's Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. That's what uh-huh. it used to be known as. Yeah, Player Unknown Battleground. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. So we learned something today. Yeah, we have, I mean, I I've played it before. It's really hard. I, I gave it about a half an hour. And I was like, I have no idea, dude. Like, just like, me play my Halo, please. So, <laughs> <laughs> old man, uh, these games have recently started to charge for things within the game. So, for example, if you're playing a shooter game like Player Unknown Battleground. Fortnite, theoretically Halo, if you want a better gun, they literally will let you buy a better gun with money. You can earn like virtual money, like all of these games have like rubies and coin and cash and dead bucks or whatever you want to call them, but there's actual literal money that you can use as well as, to, as a way to go around it. This all stems back from the worst decision that has ever happened in the history of society, which is a game called Candy Crush. Now, oh man. Yeah.
1: Candy Crush is Absolutely wild. If you are acquainted with somebody who is over the age of, I'm going to say 60, these are parents, grandparents, older relatives, older fr- family friends, whomever, if you know somebody who's in that age bracket, there's a very high likelihood that they're playing Candy Crush a lot, mm-hmm. like a ton of Candy Crush. And it's not, it's not just that age bracket. That's That was just kind of being a little, little bit facetious. Yeah. The game is very, very fun and addicting. Yes. It's a it's a candy themed sort Tetris. of puzzle matching yeah. game where the player moves shapes around and destroys stuff. It's it's kind of like Tetris in that way, yeah. or like if you've ever played like Columns, like yeah. the old Sega Genesis game. Yep, it, it's it's like that, and it's really fun and exciting, and it's very brightly colored, and the the, the artistic theme I would say is probably the thing that draws most yeah. you know, players. It's, it's really just, enjoyable, it's just a pleasant little tromp through the through the puzzle, and it gives you player. A sense of satisfaction yeah, and dopamine. being able to advance through levels and earn rewards and do all this kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, so solving these puzzles gets more difficult throughout time and you lose your lives, but unlike an arcade or a game that you just downloaded on your phone, this will make you wait a period of time 12 or 24 hours before you can try again, or for the low, low cost of 99 cents, you can get one new life right now. And as a result mm-hmm. of that, then people they got people to need their dopamine so bad that they are just giving money away. It is literally financially less stupid to play slots.
1: because At least it's crazy. you
0: could get money from slots.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you're just buying new... You're basically buying the experience of being able to yeah. more thoroughly or more successfully play the game that you're playing. So the, the basic model is sort of a tiered system. And when it, it's a true freemium game like a Candy Crush or like one of these things that you like occasionally see like YouTube advertisements that oh advertise yeah. for like free to play online games, <laughs> the reason that they're those ads are coming to you is it, it's it's really twofold. One is that those games themselves offer ad they sell ads to other game companies, mm-hmm. and so they're getting ad revenue every time a player like completes a level and they have to watch a thirty second video about other right. game or about some other. I, I, I rarely the the ads in those games are about something else. But most of the time, they're about like other freemium games. Right. So they're generating ad revenue on their own. But the second way that they get money is from inducing the player to just type in their credit card information, make a small purchase, I could call it a microtransaction. And when you do that, you move from the basic tier that's free and accessible to anybody who has a mobile phone or whatever platform the game is on, to a higher tier where you get... More rewards, more resources. The game is more fun. It's faster. Right. It's more exciting. It's more enjoyable. And all you had to do was shell out four ninety-nine mm-hmm. and shell out ninety-nine cents for a small upgrade. You can right. double your bonus points for ten ninety-nine. And paying these little fees gets you steps up in the in the tiering scheme. Right. So you can either experience a slower, more frustrating, less exciting version of the game for free. Or you can pay and have a more enjoyable, more stimulating, more involving gaming experience. And the the terminology that they use, that, that game developers use for this is you know, the, the term freemium goes back to the nineteen eighties. Right. And it was kind of popularized in two thousand six by this venture capitalist named Fred Wilson, who kind of described the model in this blog post the The terminology that they use to describe the actual purchases that you make in game, it's not a, it's not a transaction, it's a microtransaction,
0: mm-hmm. because
1: it's very small and they're often like bundled together. It's like, well, you know, you can buy this extra life for ninety nine cents, but if you buy ten extra lives, it's only six ninety nine. So you're making a, you're, you're saving a bunch of money if you buy these all together, and they basically incentivize the player to continue maximizing their enjoyment of the game on the grounds that they're able to pay for the experience to do so. I think it's a pretty creative and clever model, but it's also strictly predatory, and the player is not really buying anything of genuine value. They're right. just able to enjoy a game that they presumably already own or have, like, the licensing rights to to play because they downloaded it for free or they've already, in some cases, they've already paid for an actual game. And the, the microtransaction transactions thing is a, a great way to take money from somebody who has already kind of bought in.
0: Yeah, it it turns essentially this game into an arcade game with no line behind you anywhere you want to be. Like, if yes. you want to play... And I, we just went to an arcade in Asheville um, a couple weeks ago. And it was awesome. Like an old school retro arcade and a pinball museum that had a bunch of pinball machines. And it was awesome. And, but it is a waste of money. Like you pay this money, you play the games, the game doesn't leave. You'd never get the high score. And even if you did, nothing would happen. Mm-hmm. This is that where it just turns it into an arcade. You get to play, you get to play, you get to play. Now there are certain populations of people and there are certain diseases. I should look this up. Um, it's actually harder to Google than you think. There are certain, uh, populations of people that are more susceptible to gambling. And there are certain people with like, and there's an autoimmune disorder that gives you a higher uh, likelihood of getting severely addicted to gambling, and this is a very similar situation to gambling addiction. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: What is what is this? The
0: I have House no idea. MD? I don't know. Literally, there is one. I, I just heard a lecture about it. I don't remember what it is. If you're a doctor and you know, uh, hit us up. And if you're a doctor and you don't know, um, go back to med school. Like, uh, you should <laughs> send, send,
1: send this episode to the doctor slash team of doctors who gave that lecture and have them explain it to us. Because I am – so you're saying – a mm-hmm. genetic autoimmune defect yeah. makes people predisposed to become very addicted to gambling. Yeah, that is
0: quite Wild. the claim. That's mm-hmm. not a claim. I'm regurgitating someone else. Well, so well, it is a claim? And they <laughs> might yes, have not mine. I would never to
1: verify that claim, but it's still a claim.
0: Not doctors, not lawyers, not economists. Not really important here. Um, just no, do, not just at all. Please do not
1: them. listen to us, you guys. This is free. We'll, we're not going to charge you for anything. This is not a freemium podcast. This is a free podcast. There's there's no meme on the end of it.
0: No, you can subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Doesn't really at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, doesn't matter at all. Okay, so but, yes, gambling addiction all, for all that. Yeah. The,
1: the freemium model is is really successful, and I, I do want to point out now we said there's there's two basic revenue streams for the app developers who are putting together these games. One of them is, of course, the microtransactions that we talked about. And that's a really important part because the other part is the ad space that they sell. In some sense, it is a little bit of a circular market because they're kind of advertising for other freemium games, which in themselves need to make money. But there's also the reality that those freemium games are based on connection to some kind of Wi-Fi network or, mm-hmm. the, or like a, uh, what, what's the... The data network. Broadband,
0: 5G, whatever.
1: Yeah, yeah, whatever it is, the player has to be connected to the network in order to get these kind of live, updated videos because they're videos for games that are not that difficult to put together. You know, app developers work hard on them, but they come out very frequently, and there's a high rate of turnover, and they don't really catch the market in the way these, like, big brands, like the Legend of Zeldas or the Call of Duties or the Fortnites of the world. They don't really have the staying power. And so the player has to be connected to the network in order to get the most up-to-date advertisements. Well, there's a trick. If you go, if you want to play one of these games and you don't feel like paying for it, if you go into airplane mode and disconnect from the network, you can continue to play the game and it'll skip right through the ads. There's, yeah. there's no advertisement that comes up because you're not connected to any kind of network. You're not getting the latest information on what the ads are. And so app developers are aware of that, that it's possible to block ads as the player uses them. So the, so the freemium model of inducing the player to pay a little bit of money in order to continue enjoying the game. That's the really important component to all of this. It's not enough to just sell ad space. You have to actually sell in game stuff. And at the end of the day, you're not really selling specific products per se. You're selling a little bit more of the effort that the app developers put into creating a component of the game that may or may not make it more enjoyable or more aesthetically pleasing or whatever the case is. And that model in itself has proven to be pretty successful.
0: Yes. So we were talking about a uh, player unknown battleground yep. and we were comparing that. So the most popular video game in terms of phenomenon, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm going to go ahead and make the accusation of all time was Pokemon go in terms of like, Holy shit. Nobody had this and every, everybody had it within 24 hours. It was that wild. Was,
1: yeah, I don't know if it was the most popular of all time, but that was certainly the last time America was really happy together.
0: <laughs> that actually, that's a good claim. Um, you,
1: remember, you remember that summer? It was the uh, oh. summer of 2016. Pokemon Go comes out, <laughs> yeah. and suddenly it's like, oh, my God. All my wildest dreams are realized. I can walk through the real world and find actual Pokemon. I, I knew a dude who walked like 15 miles a day for weeks that summer, and he's like, man, I've never been more active. I, I know my community so much better now. I know all the streets. I know all the shortcuts. I know people. We started to see each other on our are on our Pokemon Go routes every yeah. night. <laughs> yeah. It was just awesome. It was just like a, a kind of sheer joy. And that was that was one of the free-to-play games. I mean, you can just download Pokemon Go. And I don't think at the time you had to buy anything in order to enjoy it. It was just on the App Store. You can go download the game and start walking around and finding Pokemon that are based in like the GPS version of the real world and go run around and be active a little bit and collect Pokemon. And the, It kind of also proved
0: that Augmented reality is cooler than virtual reality, and then that it did. That, that sparked yeah. the filter revolution. After that, filters became re- even yeah. more popular with TikTok and Snapchat, which is augmented reality. But the purpose mm-hmm. that of this conversation for Pokemon Go is that Pokemon Go was earning at its peak about two million dollars a day um, for about nine months, and it dropped off a little bit. And it helped save some companies and made them money that they can keep going. Yeah. However, Player Unknown Battleground, which is never as popular as uh, Fortnite. It started as a, a smartphone game. P-U-G-B. Mm. It made $715 million in the first six months.
1: Oh my god.
0: Because they have in-game what? purchases. So while Candy Crush allows you to pay to continue to play and solve these puzzles as things get harder and you lose lives it's like an arcade, this actually has created a universe where you can buy shit that you only have in the game and people dropped three quarters of a billion dollars in about six to eight months
1: that is absolutely crazy
0: and pokemon go is many 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 times more popular
1: that's wild so so this game that's so much more popular and so much more pro well and and you got to wonder what's the correlation causation relationship here is pokemon go more popular because it's a bigger franchise Okay, probably is it more popular because it's more accessible and people enjoy it a little bit more i don't know maybe it's like the quality of the game has something to do with it. But I would venture to say that the fact that you don't have to pay for anything in using Pokemon go, whereas pubg kind of is contingent on you participating in the microtransactions a little bit. I would say that is probably a significant factor. I mean, if you were able to enjoy one video game for the price of $0 versus enjoying another slightly different video game for the price of, I don't know, more than $0, which one would you choose?
0: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And why do you make your choice? So I, there's this, there's a very famous Ted talk that, that references an experiment that some undergrads or grad students did about, uh, social pressure. So they, the goal was to see how people make decisions. So they went to a neighborhood and they, the goal was to see if they could get people to switch to some sort of green air conditioning system or something, save the environment, save the water. I don't remember what they say, save, save the environment. I don't remember what it was. And the first argument was, this is bad for everybody. Nobody did it. And so the second group was, this will save you money. Not very many people did it. Essentially, both of those arguments, people like whatever. The only argument that worked and it worked at a profound level was your neighbors have already done it. Really? Yes.
1: Wow. So it's so it's a it's a social psychology thing.
0: Yes. So my thing is, I genuinely believe and right now and you're you're a man of principle. You are. Well, I would give you that.
1: I've been called that.
0: Yeah, I would give you that. You would absolutely drop a hundred bucks a year doing shit in Zelda.
1: Man, I have already dropped a hundred bucks a year buying shit in Zelda or playing shit in Zelda. Uh huh. Well, because the game is almost a hundred dollars. Yes, but but
0: if they charged you for a better fishing lure or horse, like their bet is like, and then the people that you, like Mana Principle, who are not addicted to dopamine. Losing you is irrelevant. Getting 15 grand from, some, from a dopamine addict or somebody who's got a behavioral issue with this game is way more valuable than, than your principal. So the math yeah. is insanely simple. To say nothing of the fact that jacking up the price makes people want stuff more. We know two things about this kind of thing. The most amazing thing, the most amazing thing, the only correlation between number of applications that a university receives and its ranking, how much it costs to go there not its ranking how much it costs to go there duke and harvard and all these ivy league schools so ivy league doesn't really count for this analysis but duke costing more money got it more applicants really nothing else
1: i wonder how does that how does that work cuz who's looking up the price to go there who's like you know i would like to take on much more student
0: debt i think kids and they're like, oh shit, seventy grand to go there, that must be really serious. And then Duke gets these influx like, well, they're not letting anybody in. It's like, yeah, a bunch of unqualified people are applying here. What do you want us to do? Like they applied, like this is in the United States of America, like, whatever. Like you can apply, that's totally fine. You're of course you're not gonna get in. You were never gonna get in. Like you can look up our minimum requirements right there. You're not gonna get in. So this is the interesting part about that, and then we'll get into that. You can negotiate tuition. Every university allows you to negotiate tuition. You can just go and be like, I can't afford that, I'm not gonna pay it. And they'll oh, be like just don't tell yeah. We'll, yeah,
1: Guys, we would never give... Play through, we would never give you financial advice. Mm-hmm. And if we did, you should not take it. So this is not construed as financial advice in yeah. any way, shape, or form. That said, you should absolutely try to contest tuition and yep. try, to, try to negotiate. Work with the admissions office, work with the people at the university because odds are there is a way that you can... Try to make things more affordable without immediately resorting to 100000 dollars in student loans 100%. that you're going to be paying off for 15, 20 years. No question. There's, there there are opportunities out there that are available. But that said, I do think that the, the social psychology and like the social pressure that universities face is kind of similar. Yes. In that one of the one of the key metrics for the, the ranking system is this feedback loop between how prestigious and highly how well perceived the university is and how exclusive it is. Yes. Like how many students are they able to reject? How small can we get the percentage of applicants right. who can come to this university? And I think two things are true. I think first, if a university isn't growing, it's dying. That's right. just like how business operates, that's how institutions like that operate. It doesn't have to be like huge, explosive institutional growth where the size of the population is doubling every 10 years or whatever. Yeah. But if it's not continuing to evolve and add new departments and add new resources and expand the library and bring in more revenue from sports, if it's not doing those things, it's dying. And I think the other thing that's true is that these big universities are really kind of in competition with each other. Sure. And one of the biggest forms of currency that they have is being able to say, oh, we're so exclusive. Yeah. So they're, they're growing, but they're also not growing at a fast enough rate to be able to say, well, you know, we're, we're accepting a lot more applicants, but you really the way to make that number more exclusive is not to make the university smaller. It's to grow the applicant pool. Yes. So whatever can be done to incentivize a lot of people to send in applications that are just going to get chucked in the garbage can yep. by some automated system or by people who are trained to look for the right keywords, if, if something can be done to make the university seem more exclusive, that increases its perceived value. So... I think the social element is there at an institutional level in the same in a similar way to what it would be at like the personal level because like oh your neighbors are doing it well you know Vanderbilt's making it more exclusive to get in right. so we at Duke here have to do the same
0: thing right and if there is a way in a video game specifically so Zelda I, I Zelda is not a game where you get on the internet and play with or against other people it's not an interactive kind of experience unless it's been a new no. thing I don't think it has ever done that or will ever it, I. The Zelda it, it did, characters it did in, uh, are.
1: I, I think I think Four Swords Adventure did where you mm. could like link up, but th- but that was when they were Nintendo came out with new a few new uh, handheld systems. Remember, like yeah, yeah, they, yeah. So they had the Game Boy, and then they had yep. the Game Boy Color, then they had the Game Boy Advance, and then they had the Game Boy, the like lighted up one. I forget what that one was called, but then they had the Game Boy DS where it has yeah, it was like, like, dual screens. Yeah, and you have like a little touchpad. Remember when touchpads were
0: first. Yeah, populism, oh
1: And the point of a lot of those systems and a lot of like a lot of the game structure in like the old Pokemon games for, for Game Boy games tried to incentivize players to buy a thing where you could link up with other players. It was like a physical connection cable you know, in the mm. 90s when there was no there was no way they were going to make the, those old original Gen 1 and Gen 2 Pokemon games uh, wireless connect enabled. So they wanted players to go out and buy a link cable and meet up with each other and do things like trade your Pokemon together and battle against each other. I think Zelda had one game that kind of did that, and I think it was the Four Swords Adventure. But the, the point there was to try to link up with other players. And I and I don't know, I didn't play that game, so I don't know if they had wireless connectivity or some other kind of connectivity available at that point. Yeah, no, but, I doubt it. I,
0: I'm sure that they were required to. Put something in the game that used this new tool and new technology. I'm sure that they were... Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. I mean, like, the, the shtick of the game was that, oh, yeah, there are actually multiple different versions of you and blah, blah, blah. It's, it, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like a multiverse thing, but also not quite like a multiverse thing. Anyway, the point is, Zelda now does not really do that. It's just it a player going into this huge, immersive world that's already been developed and playing by his, or him or herself.
0: So and we see there's the no, there's no engagement with other players. We see the exit ramp here, or we see the 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 divergence of the two uh, lanes on the interstate, where one is becoming like, this is your dirty little secret that you pay a hundred bucks a year to up your candy crush levels. that's where that's, right. that's where Zelda's model would be. like, hey, you want a better source so you don't have to spend thirty five hours on this? fine, two ninety nine. The other part of this, is, and the the one that I think is really lucrative, is the one where there is social pressure. And that's where you get these battle royale games where, hey, if you want the better weapon, you want the better skin. Even for things like status symbols, like these skins, as they're called, which are essentially uniforms. They're, they're, they're video game uniforms and you have, you earn them or you design them based on how good you are at the game or you pay for them. If you have a good one, people in the online sphere will be like, man, that guy is a sick gamer. He, that dude can, that guy can ball because he's got this or he's rich cause he bought it and they jack up the price. If you design it or whatever, you can sell it. It's just an online marketplace. And here we are again in this online existence like Mark Zuckerberg talked about. So with Zelda, it's like, Hey, drug addict, how about some drugs? Or you go into the social pressure thing. It's like, hey, I know daddy's credit card limit is, 15, or is 50 grand. He won't even notice this. Just buy it.
1: Yeah, for real. Like Marketing it as a microtransaction is a really good way to do business. Mm-hmm. And like you said, the, the things that people are selling. So, so at Player 3, it's at this point where I got to tell you, if, if any of you out there are gamers of the type of like any kind of simulators like city developers or civilization or city skylines or what, you know, whatever those types of games are or especially like sims i think is probably the yeah, main one that i'm thinking sure, of when i have sure. this comment in mind nick and i did not nick we we, we didn't grow up playing sims we never did we didn't sims, really, really do
0: computer games we did yeah, video we, games yeah we yeah. didn't do
1: like the roller coaster tycoons i, I think i no. played sim city with jd
0: we never owned computer games we owned video games
1: yeah, like we, we were strictly a console household. I think I didn't yeah. really understand that you oh. could. You, and we, we had like little PC games, like I uh, remember Lego Island.
0: Lego Island. Actually, I think about that game quite a bit. And there's a Sonic game on the computer too that was the shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. A couple. So we had a couple of bangers, but we didn't really do any of the sort of life simulated. We never played Second Life. We never did Sims. We never did the Roller Coaster Tycoons. None of that kind of stuff. Diablo, so never. I, I think you and I are deficient in our video game knowledge because that sort of simulated aesthetic constructive type of gameplay doesn't really appeal to us. It doesn't draw Mm -hmm. back on any like memories that we have of doing so. And I think because of that, we underestimate just how appealing it is to buy new skins, to get new aesthetics, to get new textures on whatever the environment is. We don't really get the draw of like making something purely for how pleasing it looks. And listen,
0: I'll go ahead.
1: Well, This is what I was going to say. The point of all of this is that I was completely blown away when I found out that these skins that can either uh, I don't know earn you street cred in a multiplayer forum or whatever it is that's appealing to uh, about them, they're so valuable to the people who are interested in them, to the people who are playing Fortnite, and the people who are really interested in this in this type of world that they are willing to exchange for significant cash value. Money. The existence of like genuine, actual American dollars to trade skins in this video game. It's like if oh, oh, my my property, my rental property in the metaverse needs a makeover, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to the virtual Home Depot and get some virtual siding and change the color of my virtual house. It's like that, except it's with your player outfits. And it, 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 guys, there are so many outfits that I can't even begin to describe. If you've uh-huh. played Fortnite, you know just uh-huh. how wide the variety is. I think they have like Marvel outfits and like generic kind of sci-fi shoot up type skin, all kinds of stuff. Like if you can imagine it, it's out there. And this value that players have placed on this, their willingness to trade currency for those things has created a genuine market for the exchange of money for Fortnite skins and also on top of that gambling for skins on the basis of like real world events or like major tournaments or professional like professional Fortnite players or professional FIFA players or whatever people can gamble their skins and get actual cash value out of this i cannot believe i'm saying this uh, but Nick, we we really underestimated the market there.
0: Yeah, we underestimated. We don't get it, and and we sound old. So I'm gonna be the first to say that I play golf, so I understand the I understand the value proposition of something that is completely useless. I'm gonna be very clear. The even if you ride a cart, the relationship with the sun and standing up and moving around is objectively better for you than anything you'll do in video games. That being said, if a gamer who's 18 to 25 wanted to be like, Hey, idiot, when are you going to wear that polo outside the golf course? I won't ever, truly ever, ever. So like touche, touche hobbies are expensive. So if you want to make that argument. That's fine. I do think that the Zelda track where like you're in your basement by yourself, nobody knows you, and it's more Candy Crush. Like Zelda is like the, the classy version of this. That is more predatory to me. We're, like, we're, we're exchanging convenience and happiness for money. Zelda's kind of in the middle where it's like, this is going to help you cut corners. If they were to theoretically do it again, they don't do it right now. Yeah, they do not. Right now, <laughs> we we'll will see. It's been, they need It's been
1: decades, and yes. they had, well, and frankly, no. they don't need to do it. I mean, well, they, they're doing the, yeah. the price point that they have that game at, and the number of people who have bought the game. It, it's it's truly a game changer for the industry. They they don't they don't need to do microtransaction. Nintendo is not hurting for money.
0: No, they're yes, and so like that's and that's again like their university price point. They probably could have added twenty more bucks onto them and it wouldn't have made a difference because people are like oh, it's so good This goes one hundred fifty dollars. So okay, mm. regardless of that. These skins giving you enjoyment in in whatever game like that is completely that resonates with me and I often try to wrestle in my brain have I wasted twenty dollars on stupider shit have I wasted a hundred dollars on stupider shit does it make me happy is my life worth living like what do I want to do like if I go to work and I'm a forty year old man single not single doesn't matter if I if I'm being responsible with my money there is no difference to me than from going bowling to to playing this video game now. The social aspect, you can make that argument. People's behavior online online is re- reprehensible and they would get fired from their jobs if they spoke to other human beings like that. Uh, like there's some bad parts of that. There's some antisocial parts of it. And again, like standing up and moving around is better than not standing up and moving around. That being said, it's a hobby. Totally fine with people spending their money. There are grown-ass adults. Where it gets weird is the addiction stuff, which is more the Candy Crush element to me. So I, in a weird way, Chris, I don't find it that predatory. The gambling thing to me is, is what's fascinating. I The fact that you can take these, and we say skins, again, these uniforms, and you can bet your expensive ones on someone else. So like You and I are are on the internet. We're watching... A match of this battle royale type game, Fortnite or, or uh, Player Unknown, we're watching it. And I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna bet my skin against your skin, and I can get them both. Or and then I have them, and I can literally sell them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you can actually get money for the and and these are these are pixels on a screen. they are ways to make a player character in a digital world look different and somehow more appealing. The, so the the way that this kind of came to be. So the, I'm I'm looking at uh, at some information here on Wikipedia uh but i've i've been able to verify this just through some some quick searching this this is the craziest thing to me so valve is the company that developed uh, the game called global- of- counter strike global offensive so c s g o it's a one of these massive multiplayer online very games. popular yeah and it, and it it's also valve the same company that developed this game also runs the steam marketplace and steam is like a a game exchange so if, if people have like a steam deck. Or a console, or that you can run it on PC. You can you can buy games off of Steam that developers put there, and it's it, it's just like a convenient. It's like a GameStop for the digi- digital world. So Valve, this company that developed Global Counter Strike Global Offensive, added random skin rewards to an update of the game in 2013. And so the thinking was, as players continue to play and they succeed in matches, they get skin rewards, and it, it, it's great. Like oh yeah, but the but the rewards are random. And the idea they had in mind was similar to what Nintendo did with the early days of the Pokemon games, which is we think this these skins will incentivize players to engage with each other more on the basis of trading the skins. And they'll be able to go through the Steam marketplace to do so. And it wasn't really a cash transaction at that point. It was just, okay, player for player, you want to swap some skins, great. However, a number of websites popped up in order to bypass the restrictions that Valve set on the Steam marketplace or paying money for the skins, right? And instead, now players can go through this like third-party site to pay money and get actual cash value for the skins. And I, I I googled this. I did you know Fortnite skins market, and the search results are just page after page after page of site after site after site where players can buy and sell Fortnite skins or CS:GO skins or whatever the game is. They can buy and sell these things on this site, and it's it's crazy to me. Some of the sites. Subsequently added the ability to gamble on the results of the professional matches like we talked about before. And in 2016, the estimated market for this was about $5 billion worth of goods.
0: Billion and That was, was years B. ago.
1: That was a long time ago. And when it, it started. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm talking like if you, if you Google Fortnite skins markets, it's playerauctions.com, Odilo.com, g2a.com, advertisement, buy Fortnite skins, buy cheap, fortnitetracker.com, skintracker.com, which you got to be risky with that one because... <laughs> yeah,
0: careful game. Googling that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but the point is this this freemium game-style reward where the player gets some kind of digital asset to make the experience more enjoyable. These, these, these things don't improve the player's abilities in any way. No. They just make the character look different and more interesting or appealing or whatever. The existence of these random rewards created an actual market where people were so interested in trying to maximize their aesthetic enjoyment of the game, that they were willing to trade money for it. And there were enough people who were willing to participate in that, that they genuinely created a cottage industry of being able to trade this. And and Nick, I'm going to, you know, there's story after story after story in the news of, you know, my kid was playing a game marketed to kids and he ended up spending a bunch of money. There's a funny story where Jack Black was on, I think it was like the, Uh, Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. And he said his son racked up a $3,000 bill in this game marketed to kids. And there's one story. So this is out of Ars Technica from uh, 2016. So this is, like, kind of when premium games really got into their, like, orbital ascendancy. This guy named Kevin Lee Coe, was in Sacramento court because from May 20 May 2008 to March 2015 he stole 5 million dollars from his company. So he worked as a controller at a heavy equipment company called Colt Cal- Holt California, uh-huh. not Colt, Holt. And as part of that, he pled guilty to embezzling and as part of his plea, he said he spent approximately $1 million in something called Game of War. A Game of War is a very popular one of these like freemium games. It gets a ton of advertisements. I've seen like network television ads for Game of War, like especially yeah. in sports, mostly because the main celebrity personality that they have advertising for it is Kate Upton. And yeah, well. it's probably a huge, huge draw, because the only thing that sells more than alcohol or gambling addiction is sex. And so this guy spent nearly a $1 million of... Worth of his com- employer's stolen money, in yeah. You know, in, in addition, he bought tickets to like Sacramento Kings games. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, and he memberships. Yeah. So yeah. he was he was he was not inactive, but he spent a million dollars in this freemium game store doing all kinds of microtransactions, and it is just wild to me that somebody could take. Yeah, it was probably easier because he stole the money, but still, this is not well, a. Yeah, it, it's it's not a. It, the real source of revenue comes from people like this who are so willing to exchange money for value that they get out of enjoying a game.
0: Yeah, so South Park obviously did an episode about this, and I think anytime that there's addiction in popular culture, I'm a big fan of it, I think. And among psychiatrists, the book Infinite Jest, which we've referenced before, is a groundbreaking book that references actual addiction therapy in the mainstream in the first time in, in kind of human history that it was ever really discussed for what AA is and how addiction works scientifically. That was in the early 90s. Um, right in the middle of the AIDS epidemic. So people didn't understand alcoholism and drug abuse in the way that we do now. Um, but South Park did a really good job of explaining dopamine addiction. And I, I have this clip about how the industry works. And this is, it, it's unbelievable. I think this is the best satire for them cutting to that. They're so good at, at breaking down fads. They have a Cash for Gold episode that's similar to this. Um, so let, this, is, this is, let me know if you can hear this. Thumbs up if you can. Uh, okay. But it, it's going to go in the episode. So here is the canadians who invented a freemium game explaining how the, the industry works and what the point of it is
1: allow me to explain the science behind micro freemium gaming for years the concept behind gaming was simple you pay for the game and you enjoy with mobile apps we now have the ability to make games that are boring and stupid but if you pay for incentives you're rewarded freemium the mium is latin for not really it's a simple cycle a never-ending loop based on rpgs explore collect spend improve but whereas those just use the concept of xp or experience points we've introduced the idea of micro paying with money 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 it's what everyone is doing freemium games are what's now and it's all just a lot of harmless fun
0: you're in big troubles and the other thing that they get into because you like that clip they nailed it yeah yeah, that's they, exactly that, what That's
1: is. exactly right. They did a better job of explaining the entire concept than we did on yes. this podcast.
0: Well, that's why they're going to win. I, I, I'm going to tell you that they're going to win the Nobel Prize for Literature at some point in their lives um, because they also do Broadway stuff, and yes. By the way, we are not. You
1: also do not take literary advice from us, and if you need no. a reason why, the thing that Player Two just said. <laughs> player One. Well, <laughs> DVD. <I> just... <sighs> Let's bet it. Let's bet. I'll, you, I'll bet you. Sk- I'll bet you, you a skin is- on
0: it. I'll bet you a skin and a golf polo that they yeah, win. A Nobel okay. Price.
1: Yeah. I'll bet you a million skins. I'll bet you a billion Stanley Nichols that they're never. Careful.
0: Gonna do careful with a virtual handshake on that. You could end up owing a seventeen-year-old. It's always in Michigan. They say it's like some teenager in Michigan. Like why Michigan? Did you ever notice that? Like I'm no. gonna get online to play with Michigan. People always say it's a teenager in Michigan. It's always. I've heard that in like pop culture. I've heard that people talking shit like oh, I'm gonna go get bullied by a twelve-year-old in Michigan because for playing online. You've never heard that. It's always Michigan. Every single time. Maybe
1: Michigan is just filled with desperate bullies.
0: Yeah, people, it's, it's Michigan, right? Like, oh, well, I'm trying to think of a good analogy. Mich- Michigan, the Lithuania of America.
1: <laughs> Michigan <laughs> is sometimes called the Ohio of the Northern Great Lakes.
0: The, the Ohio, yeah. I, uh, yes, so I think they're going to win an award at some point. They nailed it. That's exactly what it's like. The other part of this, and we've said this, if you want to make money in this country, get people addicted to something. ruin their lives. That's how you, and so these companies, and the South Park alleges this and they can do it because it's satire, that they know that these companies know that like 90-something percent of their revenue comes from like 1% of the people who download the app because most people will be like, oh, 2 to upgrade? Not only am I done playing, like, fuck off, I'm deleting this app, goodbye they're like I just what I thought that this was a game no it's not a game it's a it's a it's a drug ad it's a drug it's literally a slot machine but you can't win any money back it's it's awful yeah, it's, but i i that this freemium gaming is predatory bullshit and i hate it but the player unknown stuff and like even sports games are starting doing skins. Because when you and I would play video games, we would take hours and hours designing what the character looked like. And like in Halo, like I want it to be this guy and this height. And every couple of months, I would change it. And now for that to get more and more and more intricate by, by genuine virtual artists who are using code and actual graphic artistic design to create something like that's art. That's a part of your life. I, like The skin stuff, the upgrading stuff, that to me is not part of this freemium game conversation. That's just the metaverse.
1: Yeah, in, in a way, it, it kind of is. And it, it does remind me, like, so we didn't play the the simulator games. We didn't play the kind of aesthetic building games. But we did spend a lot of time making custom teams on NHL Hits 2003. We did spend a lot of time making custom teams on Madden 2004. Remember, uh, they had like the preloaded teams in there, like the, the Pansies and the yes. Tiburons. Yep. You you could play as these like kind of generic teams with generic players instead of like the real actual Madden folks. So we, we did enjoy a little bit of that. And I, I guess that is kind of like the proto-metaverse. But I, I think the the real problem comes when they're targeting people who are vulnerable to the population or who are in a the population they're really vulnerable. Yeah. And by that I mean addicts and kids. kids it's yep. it's hard to justify in my mind. I understand the desire to get money. I understand that because that's how the economy works. But what I don't understand is being able to market something to children and trying to, like, especially on a mobile app, I mean, in theory, they have access to like their parents' valuable and information. And there have and been stuff n- that they, yeah, many, it, it, can, many
0: horror stories of parents being like $10,000. Know? I literally don't have it. What do you want me to like, do?
1: Like the Jack Black thing is really funny because he's yeah. Jack Black. He's a
0: multi-millionaire. yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, so he can afford it. So we're not really worried about that. So when he tells it on the Late Night Story, it's not like, oh my God, this is Dateline news. Like, child pays $3,000 for in-game purchase. No, like, but like in the real world, I mean, the average parent can't afford that. You can't afford thousands of dollars worth of unintentional purchases made by a kid in a game designed to get that kid addicted to the game. Right. And But I, I do think there's a little bit of hope because, so I'm going to share a quick story uh, for for those of you who are online, terminally online. Six years ago was a major, major watershed moment in the Reddit community because Star Wars Battlefront came out. And and so the, the Venn diagram of people who are like huge Star Wars nerds and people who are really big into Reddit is a circle. There's just a ton of Star Wars stuff there all the time. And it is a major cultural phenomenon, but in 2017... EA Sport or EA, the video game company, which is also owns EA Sports, which is a subsidiary, which we know because we play the sports games. EA developed Star Wars Battlefront, and it was this super highly anticipated game. It was like had all the marketing of like a Tears of the Kingdom type of release. It was just supposed to be this game that like, sweeps people off their feet. It's going to change the Star Wars universe forever. Blah blah blah, and it sucked. The reception was terrible, people hated it because it was a big, frustrating kind of nonsense game and the thing that people hated the most about it was that microtransactions exploded into full-on transactions where after buying the original game, the player had to continue to either grind and grind and grind and put hours and hours and hours into playing the game or whip out their credit card pay a bunch more money to EA and then they're able to play the the game to the fullest extent. And Nick, this led to what is still the most downvoted Reddit comment of all time. Which is? So, this came from a post that's... The title of the post is Seriously, I paid $80 to have Vader locked... This is a joke. I'll be contacting EA support for a refund. I can't even play fucking Darth Vader. Disgusting. The age of microtransactions has gone way too far. Leave it to EA to stretch the boundaries. This is from a user called MBM Maverick 6 years ago. And the EA community team Reddit account applied to the, replied to this post. And they're Uh-oh. trying to explain and this was in this was one of many 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 posts just lambasting EA for developing this crap quick aside quick
0: aside i want to say anytime i see a negative review and whoever owns the thing that is being reviewed replying to the review and saying other than i'm sorry please contact us and they're trying to explain themselves immediately it's just like someone it's like someone settling a case like oh you're not guilty totally like for sure yeah you're we just misunderstood what you the pizza that you were trying to serve my bad
1: yeah it's 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 ridiculous if you do that please stop i'm excited
0: read the comment Read the comment.
1: Okay. So the comment from the EA community. I'm going to read this whole thing in full. It's, it's not super long. Great. But it is the most downvoted comment of all time. Their response to this post that expressed outrage at having to pay $80 and then not being able to play with a character was. <clears throat> the intent is to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment for unlocking different heroes. As for cost, we selected initial values based on data from the open beta and other adjustments made to milestone rewards before launch. Among other things, we're looking at average per-player credit earn rates on a daily basis, and we'll be making constant adjustments to ensure that players have challenges that are compelling, rewarding, and, of course, attainable via gameplay. We appreciate the candid feedback and the passion the community has put forth around the current topics here on Reddit, our forums, and across numerous social media outlets. Our team will continue to make changes and monitor what community feedback.
0: The it's fuck? Ridiculous. They were like so they were going to they they're going to tailor the game based on how much you play. They're literally openly admitting like yeah, if you play a lot, you got to pay more.
1: Yeah, that's the, so and that's back to what the freemium like the mobile apps do. The reason they have to be connected to the internet is so yeah. that the EA company yeah. can use that to adjust their pricing. And and I'm gonna, I'm going to read a couple of the top responses because they're just it, it's great. So the, the, the I said this is the most downvoted post of all time. Yeah. It got minus 668,000. Down. Thousand, I mean, over half a million downvotes, votes. And, and, you know, the average Reddit post gets, I don't know, a couple dozen votes, maybe. A lot of the really popular ones get a couple of thousand, the ones that reach, like, the, you know, the front page news. I've never seen anything with this many interactions before on this website. Holy it's crazy. shit. crazy. So one of, one of the top responses is, like, oh, yeah, the intent is to provide players with a sense of pride and accomplishment. That's rich. Just be honest. The truth is, you know, very few people are going to sink a full week of work into this game. Or a full work week into this game. And, and, and what, what this person is referencing is if you play for a certain number of hours that yeah. you can unlock the character. It's not like achievements in the game. It's not accomplishments that you do throughout the course of like the story of the game. It's just raw time spent logged in. So you could just log in, set the game running, put the controller down, go to work and come back and you've logged eight hours even though you have done nothing. Which is So this guy's saying, the truth crazy. is, you know, very few people are going to sink a full work week into this game and hoping that somebody is desperate enough to buy credits to unlock the character. It has nothing to do with the sense of pride and accomplishment. It's a flat out lie and you know it. Somebody else says, not good enough. There's no pride wasting 40 hours grinding for a hero, only for the hero to be gimped from the go, which means, you know, you have to continue to do more stuff with that character to improve its playing ability and require more than 300 hours grinding to make them heroic. You're just pushing the system to incentivize spending and for no other reason. Uh, and then they're, they're, they've, the community manager's getting strays in the comments. Tell Matt to get a new job. Community managers don't insult the entire community, especially when they're trying to bring attention to such a cynical and shitty decision.
0: Dude. That, so, I mean, first of all, Americans have a difficult time agreeing on anything, but it sounds like everyone was like, hey, fuck you guys. First of all, secondly, like... If you are have a product and you're like the only way that this can make money is if we cost money, and you're like you vote in America and I, I've been saying this is my philosophy for about five to ten years now. You vote with your money, and if you want to spend a little yeah. more on something like on a business that you want to exist, like that's the only ethical argument I can think of for tipping is like let's create demand where i I want this coffee shop to exist, so I'm willing to spend a dollar more per cup. fine. This is the Star Wars franchise
1: yo, they do not need the money
0: no they not to the point where like it's an incomprehensible amount of wealth. Like there are hundreds of thousands of people who have had jobs as a result of this franchise existing, and yep. most of those jobs are like just people putting food on the table.
1: Yeah, it's it's unbelievable to me. So, and, and it also speaks to the fact that things that exist are not necessarily intrinsically valuable, but they yep. might be valuable inside of a market. Video game yeah. skins are nothing. They're pixels on a screen. They're motes yep. of light appearing out of a flat piece of plastic and when manipulated in the right way create aesthetic images that are pleasing to a viewer. They are not valuable except when people value them. Yep. And that's that, that that's where like the that's where like the real like game NFT, theory I, I think comes like, yeah. into this. It's like yeah, you vote with your money. You you acknowledge what you think is valuable with your money and not based on how necessary it is or how how much utility the thing has. And I I think it's just a a difficult thing to navigate, especially when something so easy to do... Like, do you know how easy it is to sit around and play video games for eight hours a day? I do, because that's how I spent my Sunday. And Saturday. Um... And Saturday. (laughs) And Monday night. And And, what I'm going to do tonight.
0: Yeah, exactly. It really is. It's not... It, to me, and again, it's no different than anything else. Like, So I'm buying a house right now, and it appears we've made an offer on a house. It appears as if the house is really cool and it's been renovated in a really awesome way and it's going to be a great place to move right into. However, it's a bit smaller than it it's, its price point, but the price point is high that because it's been renovated and it's really it's much cooler than the house should be. However, an appraiser is going to look at it, and this is really happening in my life. They're going to look at it and be like, I don't think it's quite worth that much. It goes back to this point where well, if someone's willing to pay it, it is, it is worth, worth that, that much. much. So if you make a, if you if I if I didn't like playing these games and I just like designing skins on my own, right, then that's what matters to me. And you're like, Oh yeah, you can have it if someone else is like, Well, I wanted that one, and then you could be like, Well, I'll give you twenty bucks for it, and now all of a sudden there's a market. And yeah, it just so, goes the from the pressure
1: there. of the marketplace is is a a driving force that cannot be underestimated.
0: Absolutely not. I mean, it's, it's, it, and we just, we, we proved it. People don't care about saving the environment. They remember there's a, there was a commercial uh, years ago. And I guess this will wrap up the episode on this. Do you remember this commercial where this little girl is They're in California and she's going to go to her friend's house and she gets the dad. Can you give me a ride. And she's like, well, can we take this car? All of these kids have hybrids. And the dad's like, this SUV is a hybrid. And like the, the point of the commercial wasn't, Hey, like save the environment. The point of the commercial was like, you, you'll fit in with all those Prius drivers over there. You'll fit in. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Some shit never changes. We just need to be king of the castle. And the next thing you know, the only community that will accept you believes that the earth is flat.
1: That's right. Player three, we need to be liked. We need to be rated. We need to be reviewed. We need to be subscribed. Uh, Please (laughs) enable
0: us. (laughs) If you give us a five-star review, you'll have the chance at winning nothing.
1: Absolutely nothing.
0: Absolutely nothing.